You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's going on? Hope you guys are doing so well. Welcome into the FC Young Adult Podcast. We are in part two of a series we just started last week entitled Until I Breathe My Last. We're walking through the letter of Second Peter, some of the last words of the Apostle Peter. And last week we talked about intentional pursuit of growth in Christ. And if you didn't catch that, you can look at that or listen to that uh, in episode one of this podcast. This week, we are simply going to look at the next six verses in Second Peter chapter one. And while it's only a short po- passage, it speaks to a massive question. And the question is this, how do we determine what is a trustworthy message? How do we determine what is a trustworthy message? And I'm not even going to begin to pretend that a a singular message or podcast is going to settle that question in your spirit, but I think that Peter's words in this passage are wildly important in our pursuit of trying to figure out that answer. The truth is this, is that we all have different stories and we all have different experiences with religion, and I want to be really sensitive to that. However, Before we jump into some of the intricacies of this passage, I want to make an absolute statement. At a foundational level, at the very base of all things, the answer to everything is Jesus. The answer to everything is Jesus. And we might think that's cheesy, or you might be listening to this and you might be spiritually unresolved and you might think, like, what an asinine statement for you to make. Or maybe you find yourself somewhere in between. But our thoughts on that statement does not change the truth of it. Whether we believe it or not, whether we think it's cheesy or amazing or asinine, it doesn't really matter what our feelings are on the statement, Jesus is the answer to everything, because the truth of that is that it is at the foundation of everything in this life. And Peter, along with all the other disciples, were solely focused on making sure that the world knew that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And one of the things that we have to remember is that Peter is writing this letter to an audience that is inundated with a ton of different practices and a ton of different religions in the early church. Honestly, not that different from today. They're in a culture with lots of different opinions and messages, and we can understand that, that we have to grapple with a lot of different opinions and messages and practices and religions and all those different things as well. See, in in my Bible... Uh, I typically read uh, the CSB, the passage uh, that we're reading, that there's a little title at the top of it. It says this, the trustworthy prophetic word. That's what it's titled, the trustworthy prophetic word. This is essentially Peter explaining why the apostles should be believed about Jesus. It also serves as a good framework for us to pursue that trustworthy message that we are often looking for. So let's dive into the word and see what Peter has to say specifically in this passage, Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 16 through 18. It says, For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. The first point this week is eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses. Peter and the other disciples got front row seats to some absolutely incredible things. I think one of the first things that they get to see 
um, in, in the life of Jesus that they get to witness is Jesus' baptism. That they approach John the Baptist, who's doing the work of God for years and years and years. Jesus is about 30 years old, and he walks onto the scene, and John the Baptist points at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. Jesus gets baptized, the dove falls down, the heavens open up, and you hear, This is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. And then... The disciples get to go on and live three years with Jesus, getting to see his life and his ministry. They, they get front row seats, the most intimate possible experience with Jesus, watching him perform miracles and, and preach messages and tell stories and all of these different incredible things. Like They were eyewitnesses to that as well. And then what Peter is specifically referencing in this passage is the transfiguration. If you're not familiar with what the transfiguration, I'll give you a quick synopsis of that is that Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up onto the, a holy mountain, and it says that a bright light flashes before them, that Jesus turns pure white, and he's just glowing. He is shining, and they are in awe of what is happening. And then Moses and the prophet Elijah show up, and they see them as well, and they are just blown away by this. And then again, the heavens open up, and they hear the voice of God, and it says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And then God says this, listen to him, listen to him. So we get to learn from these disciples who were eyewitnesses. It wasn't just about what they had heard. It was about what they had experienced, the life that they had lived, the life that they had lived in Jesus. For us today, would we understand that our experiences with Jesus will hold incredible Wait. <clears throat> I think that there's a word that many of us know, um, but it might mean something different to us. It's the word testimony. If you didn't grow up in the church, you might immediately think of a courtroom. But if you grew up in the church like me, it means your story. But it's not just about your story. It's about the story of how Jesus changed your life. Maybe you've heard this statement, maybe you haven't, but I heard this a long time ago, and I think it holds incredible value. It's this, is that your testimony is the greatest sermon that you will ever preach. Your testimony is the greatest sermon that you will ever preach. Now, as somebody who preaches 50 plus times a year, um, that's a really good reminder that my life is more important than the words that I speak from a stage, that people are watching, and that I am getting the opportunity to watch others. And that that collective experience will, in fact, be a, a story worth telling. I think we need to be re reminded that there is incredible power in each other's story. Incredible power in each other's story. And what Peter is communicating is that Jesus being who he said he is, is at the very core of his story. That, that Jesus is at the very foundation of Peter's story, of the other disciples' story, of the rest of the followers of Jesus' story. And that their story matters. That Jesus' story matters the most, and their story matters, and our story matters. There's so much in this. And I think we just need to be reminded that our story carries weight. That people need to hear how God has changed our lives. That God has, has done something significant in our lives, and we get to tell people all about that. And we don't have to be a, a minister of the gospel in the sense of vocational ministry, but that we get to minister through our shared experience. Like That's an incredible thing to remember. I remember growing up 
and I had just incredible pastors and mentors, and I remember hearing them preach and being like, oh man, like they know how to tell a story, they know how to preach the word, like that's, those are incredible things. But when I got to hear their story, hear their testimony, man, what I got to experience through them speaking just was magnified. It was multiplied because I got to, to apply this personalized gospel, right? That, that Jesus is big enough to interact with our individual stories. And so that means that when we speak about him, when we speak about scripture, when we speak through those things, it means so much more because we get to see how it actually interacts with the human experience. So do we not neglect telling our stories with other people. I had somebody last night, they said, Hey, like I want to tell my story, but I'm worried. I'm worried about, um, telling my story and having people judge me for what I've done, what what I've gone through, all those things. And, And my simple response to that is that's a normal thing to feel. That's a completely normal thing to feel. I think the enemy wants nothing more than for us to, to not tell our stories because the lie that he wants us to believe is that you're alone. You're the only one who's gone through that. You're the only one who's done that. And it goes on and on and on. And what I found in my life and many of you have found in your lives too is that we find freedom in telling our stories. And we find freedom in hearing other people's stories too because we get to hear the words, I struggled with that too. I did that too. I'm right where you were. Or whatever it may be. So don't neglect the power of your story. It's so important. One of the ways that we can determine a trustworthy message is through people who we trust. That's how we determine a trustworthy message is that we build relationships with people. We hear their stories. We hear what they have to say and vice versa. And that's how we build discernment towards determining a trustworthy message. Peter goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, he says, We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Simple verse. Um or short verse, I should, short verse, I should say, but lots of things that we can pull from this. The first one is this, is that Jesus himself is a walking confirmation. Jesus is a walking confirmation. This wasn't about what Peter and the apostles were just saying now, but what had been said about Jesus before by the prophets, that the life and the message of Jesus are incredible on their own, but we cannot forget that Jesus was the fulfillment of centuries of prof- prophecies. One of the most well-known known ones is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And, and the reason that it's more popular is because we hear it around Christmas. So even if you don't go to church a lot, maybe you've heard this. It says this, For a child will be born to us, for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This was written 700 years before Jesus was born. But Jesus comes onto the scene and he fulfills that prophecy along with so many more. He was the soon coming king. He he was the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the eternal father, the prince of peace. He was the one to come to save the world. And Peter wanted to make it clear that Jesus was simultaneously the answer for every question up to that point and would be the answer to every question moving forward. When Peter says we have the prophetic word word strongly confirmed, he's talking about Jesus and the word of God. He's talking about that being the strongly confirmed word. This is what he means. The question is this, what will we do with that word? What will we do with the word? Peter goes on to say, you will do well to pay attention to it, meaning pay attention to Jesus, pay attention to scripture. Why? Because it will be a lamp in a dark place. He's reminding the early church that scripture is not something to neglect, would we, be, would we be reminded of that as well? 
the scripture is not something to neglect. The early church did not even have access to the New Testament. I think one of the most incredible things is that Peter is pointing to the Old Testament. He's pointing to the prophecies. He's he's pointing to the prophets and, and all of the things that they said. And he's saying, you would do well to pay attention to those things. Because this this is it. This is the fulfillment of all of those things. And as he's pointing to the Old Testament, he is penning the New Testament. He doesn't even know that these letters are going to be in the canon of Scripture. But what's incredible is that Peter is pointing them towards Scripture while writing Scripture. You see, for us, we have access to both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it will, without question, serve as a guiding light in dark places, if we allow it to. Psalm chapter 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. It will, it will keep us from getting tangled in certain things. It will illuminate areas that we need to go, people that we need to talk to, people that we need to love, people that we need to serve. His word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our paths. That means that we actually have to do the work of diving into the incredible gift that Scripture is. We have to do the work of intentionally pursuing the word of God and allow it to be a lamp for our feet and a light to our path, to light up the dark places. Uh, I don't know how you do your personal time with Jesus. Um, one of the ways that I, I, I feel like I change the way that I read scripture um, quite often to just try to keep it fresh. But one of the things that I always try to do is journal. And the reason that I try to journal is because I just, I want to write down what I feel like God is speaking to me. And so one of the ways that I do that is I write down kind of what passage I'm reading, what commentary or devotional I'm reading through, and then the date of when it happened. Like that's pretty normal for journaling, right? And there was a season of several years ago um, where I was just going through it. I was just going through a lot of things. I had a lot of questions, I had a lot of frustrations, vocationally, relationally, all kinds of things were happening in my life. And I was talking to one of my good friends, um, and he just said, like, how's your quiet time with Jesus? And I was like, oh, dude, my quiet time with Jesus is is amazing. Well, while in the back of my head, knowing that it was not amazing, that I had been neglecting that time. And I, I hadn't really realized how long I had been neglecting my personal time with Jesus because this is the thing for me. I read scripture pretty much every single day uh, because it's my job. Like I'm a vocational minister of the gospel. I um, I read scripture to answer questions. I read scripture and study and, and all of these different things. But I definitely didn't feel like I had read the Bible for me in a while. And so I went to my journal and I looked and it had been four and a half months since I had sat down with my Bible strictly for what God wanted to say to me. And I just like wept over that. I was just like convicted. And I also was just like, man, the, the communication between me and the father about my own life, about my my fatherhood, my husband, my, my life as a husband, all those different things, like they're, they're neglecting, being neglected because I'm not spending time with Jesus just for him to speak into my life, not for what I need to do for my job. And you know what's crazy? It's also not crazy at the same time. All those questions that I had, all those different things, within weeks, within weeks of me just like plugging back into rhythm and, and getting into the Word of God and just asking God questions about my own personal life, those questions were answered in really profound ways. We need to be people who intentionally pursue the Word of God because it will be a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. You see, the Old Testament is a beautiful compilation of Israel's history, a collection of promises between a perfect God and a very imperfect people. And the New Testament is a story of Jesus come to fulfill all those promises once and for all. All those promises once and for all. If we want to know the truth, there's no better place to look than the Word of God. That we have an incredible guide. 
an incredible guide to dive in and, and get the answers or the questions that we have answered. You see, Peter ends this singular verse by saying, until the morning star arises in your hearts. What he's essentially saying is until Jesus comes back again, until Jesus makes earth new, until he makes all wrong things right, I don't know, there's, a, there's not a better word, place to find answers than the word of God. Don't neglect scripture. That is how you find a trustworthy message, is to dive into the word of God. And then Peter goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, Above all, you know this, no prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So he's referring referring the prophets and the prophecies of the Old Testament. But I think this is important that we understand this too, is that we are carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's key to point out that scripture, while written by human beings, is inspired by God himself. Peter wants us to know that the message the message of this, of Scripture, this message of the Word of God, is not the will of man, but it is the will of God Himself. And for us today, it's vital that we understand that we have such an incredible opportunity to be guided by the Holy Spirit as we engage the Word of God. Let us not neglect reading Scripture, but let us not lose perspective on the fact that we have the Holy Spirit with us to help us engage with the Word of God. Most of us have probably had that moment where we are reading scripture and we're like completely lost, right? Or we're angry or we're disappointed. <laughs> like we're just, there's so many different things that go on when we're reading scripture. Well, we can either continue to be lost or continue to be angry or whatever it may be, or we can go search for clarity. And that can absolutely come through like strengthening our, our personal exegesis of scripture or like our study, our study of scripture. But it also absolutely, without question, comes through the Holy Spirit, if you attend Fit Chapel on the weekends, Nate just spoke uh, this last weekend here about the fact that when Jesus left, he said, but I'm going to leave behind my spirit and he will be a teacher and a tutor. That we never read scripture alone. See, oftentimes we just need to be quiet and let the spirit speak to us when we're confused or angry or sad. Whatever it may be, we need to let the spirit speak through the word of God because what we will see and understand on our own does not even hold a candle to what we could understand or see if we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our minds. We also get the opportunity to trust the Holy Spirit to guide us in our relationships with the world around us, with our friends, our family, our workplaces, all of those different things. Here's the truth. We don't always have the answers. We rarely have the answers. But we serve a God who does. We get to serve a God who has all the answers. So let's lean into him. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to help us discern what is a trustworthy message. So that's it. We're, we're all trying to pursue a trustworthy message, and I think that Peter gives us some clear takeaways. It's those three main ideas. A, trust, a trustworthy message is determined through valuing each other's experiences with Jesus, taking the word of God seriously, and letting the Holy Spirit move and guide our lives. I think that's a framework that we can work with. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.